Your show's rubbish. Gary Forrestal. I'm here with my colleague and uh, colleague. colleague, acquaintance, Mars yeah, friend and, by now. Yeah, we are the presenters of the Detrat Spinners. Um, if you've just joined oh. us, what have you been doing with your life? Better Ski. things. Skiing. Better skiing. skiing. Yeah. Does he does he ski? Yes or no? <laughs> does he ski? Yes or no? Um, but uh, if you've just joined us, this is your first episode, then welcome. And this is a retrospective kind of love letter, we describe it, um, to the Ricky Gervais show that aired on XFM in 2002, three and four. And we are, we, I, we're still quite a new podcast, aren't we? But we've, we actually, it feels like, like we've done quite a few episodes now, aren't we? This is about episode 30. Um, familiar now, friends. Like, and I hope that's kind of what it feels like with the audience. We're kind of, um, we've got, you know, we're growing the audience. Yeah. But one thing I love, and we'll get to it at the end of the podcast, is the interaction and feedback that we have from this. And so if you are new, please do get in touch with us. We love it. we very sad people. We don't have a lot going well, on. I've, speak for yourself. Oh, well, well. I am, essentially, but um, I'm speaking for you too. And uh, no, we love your feedback. So this is this is episode 22, I believe we're we're reviewing this week. But before we get to that, Mars, how have you been? Yeah, not bad. Uh, my girlfriend's been away for <laughs> a few days, so I'm now in very now. yeah yeah about about a while, about a while. So it's been nice and free and easy and relaxed it's in it. this environment. So I call my own. Yeah, she she's um she's in Nuremberg, isn't she, for the trial? <laughs> as far away as she can get. The hate. The hate. You've you've now caught me in the midst of an anxiety tornado where I'm like frantically going round and preparing for her arrival. So I'm like mopping the floors, I'm cleaning the toilets, I'm you know deep sanitizing every surface, cleaning windows. Never thought I'd clean a window. Wasn't that bothered could honestly you know live through a tenancy of a flat and never touch a window like it's raining now that kind of does the job for you yeah no, uh, and still because i know she'll she'll come back you know like kim and aggie and she'll be she'll be like analyzing and scrutinizing the level of cleanliness that has been maintained during her absence well i i I've, i can i can vouch for miles and since i've i met Mars's girlfriend a few times. <laughs> you were about but, to say anything, weren't you? I know, I I know, because <laughs> Mars is Mars. Like I, I just I I'd say just before this, I said her name, and we had to edit that out. So that with Mars is very sensitive. Yeah, about not, there's nothing but a, an anecdote said twice, so it's going to be great. I know. No, well, you like, yeah, we had That's to funny, actually. Just... I might, might I might as well might as well come clean. What what happened was we recorded about. 10 minutes or so and yeah. Mars forgot to t- turn the mic on or whatever or he wasn't recording through the mic so we had to record it all again so this is we're in the midst of recording stuff again that we've already heard but yeah I, I've met Mars's girlfriend and she's lovely girl good correct girlfriend. answer correct answer I'm pleased she's a great dancer absolutely but <laughs> I'm pleased she's with Miles but quite strict I would say yeah I, I don't uh, I, 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 
I'm I'm scrambling around for a word above strict, but I can't find it. It's between it's somewhere between strict and um, dictatorial, <laughs> like a dictator and strict person. It's it's kind of but she's nice. the. Uh, right, yeah. so I'm sure she I'm sure she'll appreciate that when she doesn't listen to the show. But mm-hmm. go on. Absolutely. Well, she sometimes does listen live because we yeah, you, we do it. Say what you want. Say what but, you want. Uh, we didn't mention a fat ass, did we? Yeah. No. Um. Don't. You, you are in so much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would never say that. Carl would. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come clean here now as well. We, we, Mars and I were speaking on the phone, and she. He said because uh, my, my, we record the podcast in in our homes, and Mars is at his home, and often his girlfriend is is watching, but she's not in the background of the shot. She's like on the bed or whatever. And Mars went to the toilet once. He he only told me this the other day, and he said and. His girlfriend said that I was saying it was before we started recording a podcast. I was saying to myself something like, "I'm Gary Forrestal. I'm Gary Forrestal. Like, hi, I'm Gary Forrestal. Like, almost. I, pro- I, I promise, I was not practicing saying my name or anything on the wow. podcast. But, but I do kind of talk to myself. Do you? I, I mean, I think a lot of people do talk to. Me, but it was embarrassing. I, I forgot that Mars's girlfriend was in the room. But uh, there you go. There's a bit of. There's no, a bit she, of says, she says she likes the first bit, and then she gets bored. So I think it's probably just yeah. the length. You know? Yeah. But, you know, we're not making it for her. We're no. Making it for you, dear listener, who likes the XFM shows and Ricky Gervais and all that shit. Absolutely. How how was um how was your week, Gary? Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> That's great. Shall we move on? Yeah. No. No, it's okay. I'll just um busy with things trying to catch up with work and um i'm surprised you say you haven't been out and um i've been out to supermarket i had a little trip to the chemist if it i've i've been wearing my mask a lot more have you yeah i have yeah i went somewhere the other day where you have to wear a mask sauna (laughs) sauna yeah the the um uh bulldog <laughs> just, no, actually, yeah. um if you if you don't know brighton you won't you won't know um yeah i've been wearing my mask more and at first i felt very self-conscious but since then i've kind of i've got more used to it i often wear it around my ears but down so I think you should have always been wearing a mask it does go with your look like the sort of the dark well, lord people seem to sort of they didn't they didn't run away from me as much at least so oh. hide my mouth and nose obviously a good thing but when well, you've you've also got your shark eyes gary yeah. if you ever if you ever if we ever post a picture of gary which we won't he yeah. looks like he looks like a shark like a a great white shark because your eyes are very um no 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 a dead shark yeah <laughs> a, dead. Selfridges. a dead shark and selfridges um apparently i've got a dead shark i basically i'm eyes are just dark and they're quite they're quite narrow but yeah thanks mate describing what eyes are <laughs> thanks, <laughs> have you have you done very little preparation for today's show well mars i would describe my preparation for every show we've ever done as none so very little is is an increase. None at all, baby. Seriousness, I do do a bit. bit yeah, that's right. I think, and I would say with this show, I it I had four quotes, like four decent quotes, and I looked at the time, and we were only two minutes in, two and a half minutes. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, it, 
it's got a great intro um anyway we'll come we'll come to that but yeah it's um so coming up we've got we've got our general thoughts on the show our favorite bits then we will have um our favorite quotes we'll have a rundown for our favorite quotes um that's after just having a general nice discussion about the show and themes and things like that and then at the end we'll have xfm in the community um where we'll be reading out your feedback so stay tuned for that miles i'm gonna we're gonna we're doing things in reverse a little bit this week what are your initial thoughts of the show well let's let's start straight away and say that uh, it's episode 22, 18th of January 2003. Ricky investigates the effect of blunt objects on the skull, and Car- and Stephen's feelings are hurt, and Carl explores his sexuality. We'll be including a link to the original episode in the description of this podcast. So once you've listened to the podcast, which we do recommend, do recommend you go out and listen to the show before, and then you come back, come back now with Miles and Gary. Bye. You're here now. Bye. Yeah, right. how are you doing gary how much is a bottle of milk a two litre bottle of milk about 120 no, I, I did go on the sainsbury's website uh how much is that how much well we'll we'll, we'll assess if you're still you know a man of the man on the street or whether you're a man in show business well i think about 120 it's not it's not 120 it's 80 pence 80 pence that's what i was going to say Eight, 20 pence yeah that's um yeah a little test they do to see if ricky was uh, and, and and as steve rightly says you you were always like i can imagine ricky being 20 and have never been even short of dancing not famous at all and not knowing anything about those little like not bothered he's just a bit of milk he'll just buy it and not bothered whatever how <laughs> hand over five i hope they get changed back yeah that's a good summary of what goes on it's actually very hard to summarize this particular show because there's so many different sort of things that go on in it that are i would say between very good and sort of classic so it's very hard to summarize it but in general what are your initial sort of thoughts of the show and and how the quality Mm -hmm. of it so my my enjoyment of the show is overshadowed by a, a big event that happens towards the end when ricky calls carl a dickhead for getting the uh, rockbusters clue uh different something we talked about last week was do i is it it's a different experience listening to these shows now and scrutinizing them on that but my enjoyment this week has been overshadowed because it's it's one of the parts of the episode where he's trying to do the rockbuster clue free the pain free the pain and he was saying um he, he got the, the the initials wrong he's so by the way i've always thought like I can so like if I was doing that Rockbusters clue, I, it's so easy to get that wrong. It's so easy to go FD because free the pain, obviously. But you re- it's for FD. Yeah. But it's uh, like that that fuck up amongst all fuck ups is like one of the least worst ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so understandable. Yeah. But it's still yeah, fun Ricky... for to take the piss a bit. But yeah, I agree. He goes a bit too far. He calls him like he really calls him out on this episode, and he says, "Yeah." Dickhead. He goes and even, serious, yeah. And even Stephen, like, um, he goes, huh? Like, he's the laugh he expresses is in complete and utter shock. And I think he's shocked that Ricky reacted so vehemently and aggressively because I've always thought this about. And, and then, and then, and then for Carl to feel worse about it, like he really beat him up himself up about it. He was going, I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is it? I've I've had a lot on. And then Ricky's saying, we, you know. It's worse. You think of this. You're not even meeting your standards. Yeah, yeah. Our excuses. Uh, we don't care. And I was like, 
I get really annoyed at Ricky um, at that stage because I'm just like, I do understand the fact that he puts into no work, but to have a go at Carl for like at least trying. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like Ricky, basically, Ricky could easily, the the bit that bothers me isn't like when he says um, you're not even meeting your standards because he's, that is at least sort of couched in a joke and being, trying to be funny. But I do agree with you that Ricky has this thing on the show and it happens about five, six, seven times, not much over the course of the whole show, like not this this week's, but the whole series where he turns serious and he turns quite nasty. Yeah. And he and yeah, I, I this is this is one of those examples. But that's what I said. The new year brings in like they would. This wouldn't have happened, I think, before no. the year. It's kind of like a new thing. And the first thing that I thought is like the show is topped and tailed. Like, and again, I'm not that bothered about this um, in terms of I don't think it's that out of order. But it, it technically it actually just on because I find find it funny. But if you think about it, think how out of order this is to go. Like. It's so insulting. So basically, they come in. Ricky says, not in these words, but he says, um, yeah, I've done fuck all. And uh, Steve will have to help me out. And then he goes, no, actually, Steve's done fuck all as well. Um, Carl, you're going to have to drive the show. Now, Carl, what, I'm, I've, I'm absolutely certain Carl puts in a lot of effort. Like, yeah, we know to, that. Like, to, to thinking of that that interview, finding someone to interview, you know, for what um, do, do we, we need? need He's done one this week. So... That that's so and so. And then at the end, when what you've referred to, where he's saying basically, um, we don't care, we're not trying, you know. So at the beginning and the end of the show, it's like baiting Carl. Yeah. It's like really because, again, I find it it's I find it quite amusing. But if you think about it, if you stop and think about it, it is so oh. insulting to Carl because he try he does try hard, and it's like, but again that again we we criticising that, but that's part of the reason we absolutely love the show is because well, Ricky no no I'm not saying I'm not saying we love that fact that Carl was taking the piss out but we do like the show it was better for Ricky not trying yeah Steve not trying and Carl trying it was the perfect combination it's just and all the shit it's just all the all the stress and everything of everything like feed listener feedback replying to emails doing quizzes coming up with competitions doing the beds doing the ads everything all of the stress of the show was purely on carl ricky and steve didn't go for any stress they just turned sat down and turned up like so although it's funny and it's a funny dynamic and the dynamic kind of works it works very well but all the stress is on carl i'm not surprised he's miserable actually during the thing is like um i i i do have to honestly i have to skip that bit just because at the end when he goes bollocks again just completely bollocks and um but i would and he does it a lot more in the podcast when i know we're not reviewing the podcast but he he swears at carl a lot more and i'm always sure i just find it so repugnant that behavior because i i do swear at my friends you know but hopefully in a funny way i'm not saying there's like i don't know where that line is you know yeah but i i don't like i just don't like that i think you should treat people with more respect you know swearing particularly if you're doing that sort of venomous kind of thing but but this whole so for me like the show is kind of always in that spirit i also feel it's a bit of an off episode like carl often says you know i know 
he'll say it sometimes where he says, I knew it wasn't going to be a belter this week. Like I, know, I, I thought we'd have like one good week, one bad week. I know sometimes when we did, um, when we did the radio show, <laughs> <laughs> we'd often say or at least i would because i sort of do listen to myself after a bit just to just to get in that good realm of you know feedback it's very right? arrogant it's not it's no, not is arrogant sometimes but but no no what he just said is totally like it's nothing to do with arrogance he just he's right because he, he he debriefs basically after shows and i don't because i don't like the sound of my own voice I, I don't like the sound of your voice either. No, I'm not. I have to listen to you when I edit it, and I have to cut out all the bits that you show me to cut out because they were not good enough. If I find out right, and I start listening back to the shows, and you cut <laughs> me out of all of them, and it's literally just the Mars Pennell show. Luckily, <laughs> luckily for me, that will never happen because I won't <laughs> listen. Yeah, it could, it could be the case. I, I don't know, but, um, but no, um, yeah. So you're saying that you know we had good weeks and bad weeks and. And, yeah. and what you're what you're saying basically is that you think this show is an, an off week. It, feel, it feels a bit off. Like there's another moment where where it feels a bit off when um Ricky uh he talks about um St- Stephen looking like the perfect Doctor Who fan. Yeah. And he brings out a book and he says that Steve you know um wrote geek on every page and yeah. Ricky basically you know has a go and he says it does it looks like you and whilst he's criticising Steve. Carl carries on with the clues for Rockbusters. <laughs> so oh, you've got these two yeah. voices that are going on. That's yeah. happened before as well when he goes, um, Ricky asks, how's Auntie Nora? And they're having two different oh, yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. at the same time. And just, it's a total lack of professionalism. It's a lack of respect. And actually, the thing is, like, when Ricky, Ricky could easily have called Carl a dickhead and it not been anything like that. It's his tone that makes it something more sinister it's it's like um he cha- he flips and he's being he's he's genuinely insulting carl whereas when he insults steve and he insults carl in general i think he does it he pitches it quite well like it's couched in a joke it's all it's very jokey and it's funny you know we, you know i yeah it's it's insulting to Carl a lot of the time, but we, we find it funny. If we didn't, we wouldn't like the shows in general. But I do agree. There are times, and this this week is one of them, where Ricky goes too far and he shows a total lack of respect. And I agree with you, the podcast. I mean, you know, there's there's some gems in the podcast. There's some brilliant moments, really, really good moments. But as a, as a whole body of work, I never sit down and listen to it. I never listen to it on my, you know, when I'm walking out on my, on my iPod. I've got it on my iPod. I've got all of them. And I've listened and I've listened to all of them, but Posting. It's not, and it's not yeah, It's not the swearing as such. It's more the t- his tone. And it's not it, it's actually quite nasty. Like, yeah, you know, and that that's what I don't like. But I found the show in general had a lot of good moments. A, a, there's, there's a lot of good moments this week. I don't think it's. A classic but it's kind of maybe a rung down from that it's certainly not the worst show that we've so since we've been re- we're reviewing them uh so we've done episode one series two to now episode 22 um there's been worse shows than this probably if that moment hadn't happened with ricky your enjoyment of the show in general would be more but when i've got those moments that i don't like like 
and I know it's coming up, I always skip the show. So you yeah. probably listen to this show less than other shows over probably, the years. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you skip it. But um, I tell you what, it does. It does have one of my favourite stories of all time. Can I get? Is, can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Go on. It's. I. It could. It's again. There's a few. Um, <laughs> is it the pork chop? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought so. I just love. I love the pork chop story. Just. It turns out it was a pork chop that pork stuck to her ass for five years earlier. I think what when we when we were coming up with the artwork, which Mars's friend did, is she's she's a very good artist. But I think one of the things we were trying to get in, I I think a suggestion, I don't think it got put in in the end, was like, could you just put like as if some as if they're sitting on a pork chop? It's like there's no way in a in a line drawing that's essentially got two or three colours that's tiny that people only see more that anyone's ever going to make out that that's a pork it's chop. A it didn't quite work. It's but just yeah, it's a, the way the way he tells that story and the fact that I'm sure he didn't believe it, but no, I, it was I, obviously. I think that's a true. That I, I've heard. But how can that be the case? How I know. You, I it's it's not it, that you would sit on the pork chop, but maybe it was. Maybe the pork chop was embedded underneath the cheek of the ass cheek. Yeah. And so it's like you're sitting on a pork. Maybe it hadn't digested, or maybe it was just. No, I think it, it just under the skin. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know what but you're talking about. It is, it, yeah. What are you talking about? It's um. Yeah, it's a funny story, and there's there's a there's a few like. Again, another. This is an example of where I think Ricky plays his arrogance quite well and it's a different story um and it's the story of carl getting carl when he nearly nearly died you know yeah down agenbachs yeah down agenbach and um it's good so it's an interesting story and it's kind of like a, a little nice anecdote if you if you if that's happened to you you would tell people you know over the years I think what Ricky's like again Ricky does this quite well you might disagree with me here but I I think Ricky does this quite well when when he says, like, because Carl tells the story and how, how his mum his mum said, you know, oh, so he's going to die then, basically, and then he just left. Like, and Ricky says, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm basically, I'm got, I'm not being arrogant. I'm, so, oh, sorry, I'm sounding very arrogant saying this, but I just want to say, if I were there, I think I'd have known the doctor was joking. And actually, that's a really quite clever comment because there's loads of ways you can react to what Carl's just said and kind of take the piss a bit, like saying. What your mum thought he's gonna die? You know how? To, I mean, that's ridiculous. But Ricky says something that is quite arrogant. But he, to be fair to him, he completely prefaces he preface it. it. He, yeah. he prefaces it by acknowledging the arrogance, and that kind of that takes the sting out of the arrogance, and actually just makes it a very funny line because it, Ricky's got this good knack a very good knack of kind of saying what's in your head that people don't say. Like Steve, Steve doesn't really do it. Steve reacts in a generic, he's very funny, Steve, but he reacts in the sort of way you'd expect a presenter to react. Whereas when I was listening to that story the first first time, I was thinking, I don't think I, there's no way I would have believed the doctor if I was there. Yeah. And he kind of says it, like he, he knows what the listener wants to hear. So he, that, that's an example of, He's very complex character, Ricky, as we know. We've discussed it at length, but this show shows different sides of him, and I think that is an example of where he gets it right and he pitches yeah. it right. Like that is an insulting thing to say, but he prefaces it, and you know he's not in a nasty tone. He's kind of it's a, it's just it's taking the piss. But oh yeah, another another thing that's kind of because we because we're in this on the subject of Ricky's Ricky's character and the good things and the bad things. Like 
another like he, this is another example of where Steve says uh, about the T-shirt and if by looks of it, you're a midget. And Ricky goes, you, you can't, can't say midget. Ricky. Now, Ricky absolutely by far takes the piss out of people like midgets more than anyone else on the show or most people alive you know he's a, a big piss taker of things like midgets and he he's like he's naughty with it like so he's naughty with things like midgets and different, different aspects of people that you know maybe we shouldn't joke about but he's kind of naughty with it and he's naughty on the show but he's always the first one to say oh you can't say that you know he's he's really like he's complex so Steve would never say you can't say midget. Steve, but then Steve wouldn't take the piss out of midgets as Steve, well. Steve, but Steve would want to say it as well. What want to say what? Naughty words. Oh yeah, Steve, Steve does. Steve is naughty too. But Ricky, Ricky sort of Ricky orchestrates the naughtiness, and it's like it reminds me of when Ricky's like saying, "Oh no, you know, can't Steve and Carla really arguing?" And he's like, "Oh no, calm down, calm down." And Steve goes. You are the biggest stirrer. Ironically, he's the one trying to calm it down. Like so, he Ricky always wants to look as if he's the one saying, "Oh, you can't say midget," you know, can't say. But then he'll dive in, and then again, it's a it's a kind of, and again, you know, we love him. We, we love him then. We, we don't love him so much now, but we we love Ricky overall. He's a hero yeah. of ours, and I can speak for Mars when I say that. But and part of the reason he's a hero, you know, people who are geniuses, they are complex characters. They're not, then they don't tend to be simple. So, yeah, I'm not really criticizing Ricky for it, but he's got these two sides. What I will criticize him for, absolutely, is when he turns nasty. And it's a good point you made. I wasn't going to make it, but now I think about it, yeah, it's, he, he is nasty this episode. And I didn't do it, just, I just wouldn't do that to friends. Like, yeah, to I, me, that's unforgivable. I wouldn't do it to an acquaintance or an enemy, even. You know, I wouldn't, but when he. You must remember, like Ricky, Ricky is being recorded for a radio show. So he has every right to use what material he can, including taking the piss out of people. He's willing to take who, who people who are willing to have the piss taken out of them. But what he doesn't have the right to is so it always has to be for the, for the purposes of humour. And it usually is. And he get pitches it right. He pitches it perfect. But what he doesn't have the right to do is turn nasty and make genuine points that are true like or that he feels are true like and it's not couched in joke yeah, you can not- you can slag you can slag you know Kyle off for like getting a rockbusters clue wrong but you can't call him a dickhead for doing really nothing wrong like you know that's the thing i don't think the calling him a dickhead is the is the is the key bit because there are many well not many but there are different ways ricky could have called Kyle a dickhead right that were absolutely in keeping with the um sort of general in keeping with a a funny yet considerate show like he could have called him a dickhead that that's not the key it's the way he says it like he could have said idiot right and that would have been just as insulting it's not the fact he said dickhead like he could you, you could say dickhead like but I, I don't know how exactly but you could say dickhead and it'd be a jokey way you know how ricky is but yeah if he'd said idiot or prat, I think that would have been just as insulting. It's his tone, like he he just changes. You absolutely, Ricky has every right when like that's material for Ricky, and so it should be when Carl gets a rockbuster's clue wrong. He he should, and the theme of the show is like Ricky antagonising Carl. So 
in particular in this show, he has every right to kind of try and make comedy out of it. But he goes way too far. Yeah. And it reveals a side of Ricky, which I think is revealed more often these days. And it's it's not a nice one. Like, again, the uh, we, we talked about it before, but the worst moment of Ricky and we won't get in Ricky's worst moments. He's not. He has a lot of good moments in this show. And we, we as I say, Ricky's a hero of us. But he when he talks about um, Lowry, you know, it's just it's not like he could insult Carl for liking Lowry, but he t- could do it in a funny way. But liking Lowry is not should not be material for humour. It should just be something that Ricky says. Um, I like Renoir or something, you know. That liking Lowry is not a stupid is not a stupid thing like getting a rockbuster's clue wrong. It's a normal thing. That like do you know what I mean? It's a genuine. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's genuine hate, and it is hate. And the podcasts are full of it, so I don't really listen to them. But anyway, yeah, that's that moment. Have you got any what, what was, moments think, that you particularly like in the show? Well, I was going to say um they do say at the start you know essentially you know, Ricky and Steve, we don't need to be here. And I think a bone of contention is always, do you think it should have ever have been called the the Carl Pilkington show? No, no, because no, I, th- I think basically, look, we like, I, we're going to come to this later because I put it on Twitter, actually Mars put it out, but I, but I, it was, Mars put it into tweet length because I don't understand tweeting, but <laughs> he, he did very well there. But I, I, I wrote him an essay as I often do. Dickhead. If I've been, yeah, if, I, if I've been insulted or something by a listener, I wrote him an essay or, but in this case, I wrote him an essay. I said, I said, what? Oh no, I said, why, what we should, we should um, talk about Steve because Steve gets less attention than, than Carl and Ricky. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at my silence? No, I was laughing at the. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. So yeah, it's basically. I think that Steve was essential to the show. So, and and obviously Carl is. It's it should it's right that it was called the Ricky Gervais show. Apart, apart from a marketing point of view, Ricky was known by far more people yeah. than Steve or Carl was. Or you know the Carl Pilkington show back then. Who the what? What do you mean? You know uh, who who's that? You know even listeners of, to the show would wouldn't know him that much. We know and love him now because we've listened, got these hours and hours of podcasts. But back then. There was nothing. It was just weekly shows. If you missed it, yeah, yeah. So it clearly is the Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington show. Steve plays a very essential role, but but yeah, it's it's Ricky doesn't even call it. And I bet I bet if he, he was probably asked at some point that do you want to call it the Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant show, and he probably said no because he he does have that arrogance, Ricky. But a lot a lot of successful people who I respect have arrogance, but. Um, again, it's it's quite an arrogant thing, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But I think Ricky secretly loves it being called the Ricky Gervais Show, like even though he, ta- he says, "Oh, it shouldn't be called," even it's, you know, it's listed as Ricky, Ricky, and Steve. In I know, the like show. Steve was ever annoyed, like because they do make several gags in in not not just on the show, but in like DVD extras and and other content. They go, I think we drew it up to this uh, early that Steve would not yeah. be earning the same sort of money that I would be earning. I just wondered, like, if Steve did ever get a bit pissed off that, because I would like to see the differences in their wealth. I mean, clearly Ricky's would far. Yeah. Well, that's Steve. why. That's why. I... That, that's a. Sorry, there's a fair compromise there because 
other double acts like Mitchell and Webb there or um I they don't know, started and but they are they are on the same level but I suppose the difference is actually the same as like with Lucas and Williams like they both had completely different careers you know other other double acts like stay together like Horn and Corden famously like I, I think they were going to, they did shoot another Gavin Stacey, so they must be talking, well, but they did. For, years, for years and years they didn't talk. And and James Corden went off on to cover, they did they did a, between them, they did a sketch show that was that was panned. It was, it was panned by critics and not watched by people. Now, James Corden had already proved himself as a very, very good writer with Gavin and Stacey, but Matt Horne was kind of left like, oh, I, I now the only writing I've done is shit and he's done writing with other, another person and it was great so I'm and then they, they basically fell out and then James Corden went to America he's very famous in America like he's doing the Late Late Show he's doing really well and I often think like how horrible that must be for Matt Horn because yeah and like with Ricky and Steve it's another example like they kind of they haven't fallen out as such but the difference with with Horn and Corden it's like I can imagine, you know, James, yeah, Matt Horn being very, very jealous of James Gordon's work. However, with Steve, I actually don't think he's pissed off anymore. And no. I'm really pleased for Steve. The reason is because Steve has done a diverse body of work on his own now. And that was always the plan, stuff. I think. He, he done, no, I don't, well, I don't think so. I think at the, originally it was that they would always work together. I, I'm not in a position, I no, don't feel sorry for Steve at all because Steve has done really well and he's, he should be very proud of that. But um, I think in the beginning, yeah, he would have been pissed off with that. And Ricky kind of jokes about it. But the thing with a lot of Ricky's jokes are that they're based on truth. So I don't think they cut it up literally that, Steve would be earning nothing, nowhere near what Ricky earned. But they probably did sit down and cut up that Ricky would be earning a lot more. And to be fair, he is he is the main actor in the office. Yeah. Actors get paid far more than writers. That would be an amazing conversation to overhear, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I'd love to overhear. But um, I'd love to have just, hang on, hang on. I'd love Sorry. to have been a fly on the wall when they were just, they were writing The Office. Just the, yeah. not, not to see, like... Oh, what they're writing onto the screen just to see what interaction they have with each other as they're writing because i think everyone would want to see that wouldn't they because like yeah. what jokes what jokes made it who who like authored each one what what made it because you yeah. can speculate as much as what like i've got that office book um for you that you know the bfi okay. and there's some interesting stuff in there about their dynamic Absolutely. but yeah it would be it'll be interesting to be in the, the the writer's room as it were yeah and by the way listeners if you uh want to be a fly on the wall with Mars on our writing, we, we, we happily film it and send it off to you. Um, not as not as profound, but no, I think um, Steve has done fantastic. So yeah, Ricky will be probably a like be worth maybe four or five times what Steve's worth, but Steve is still a millionaire many times over now oh, yeah. on his own. So like and he, and he, they still sell the rights, even the American office. It goes for like this. UK office was just too serious, but as as American sitcoms tend to do, they keep going if they if they're getting good audience figures, and they're executive producers of that still to yeah. stack. So they, well, it's like it's like um you know sports sport it's like sports stars you know they make most of their money from partnerships you know mm. same with them sponsorships yeah well, yeah but, um yeah yeah Steve's done incredibly well and but and and actually you can say whereas. Steve always wanted to get into media. Carl, if we talk about Carl and them, 
like Carl never did, never wanted to. But actually, I think Carl's carved out a really good career for himself. I as well. think Carl would. I think Carl had already done what he had set out to do when he joined XFM, which was to get a job in radio. Had Ricky not joined this, rejoined the station, Carl would be head of production today. I I put money on that. Oh, definitely. Well, he was already. You know, before no, Ricky. Think, that's what I'm saying. He'd be head of production now. Yeah. Still, he would be doing. Or, a, or a better radio station, one that no, was the no, biggest no. in the building. I think it, it'd still be XFM. Cause it's, but, um, he, you know, I think with Carl, yeah, Steve, you said Steve kind of planned things out. I think to an extent he planned things out, but he probably thought, yeah, at some point I'm going to do stand-up comedy. Yeah, at some point I will go to America and try and do some sort of sitcom there. Yeah, at some point I want to write a film that's um, kind of uh, thought-provoking and emotional. And he probably thought those in his early 20s, but... And he and he did a lot of them, but his plan wouldn't have gone exactly right. But with Carl, Carl is the sort of person who Steve looks far down. There's like a big corridor of the rest of his life. Carl, Carl looks down that corridor. Yeah, he's like, there's a brick wall there because he does like nothing is planned. Like he doesn't see. Well, he, keeps say, he keeps saying if it happens, it happens, you know, which happens. is kind of. Yeah. yeah and I it's like, like that. Yeah, he, he. I think he's enjoyed being on TV, but I think he's genuinely honest when he says, you know, he's, he gets sick of it and sick of it in itself. The, yeah. the the sitcom, or it's not sitcom, but the sort of TV show, is um, I think where everything in Carl's career has been leading to. But as I say, I don't think it was leading to it in Carl's mind. Carl's just like, okay, do the show. Oh, Rick is joined. Right, okay, so I'm doing Rockbusters now each week. And yeah, yeah, okay, so I'm going to change slightly. And it's, he's really annoying, but he's funny. So, And then they quit the show. Okay, and then they ask him to quit and give him lots of money to come and do podcasts. Like, okay, right, does a podcast. Then they're like, okay, we'll send him around the world. Carl, we're going to send you around the world. That. So, okay, I'll do that now. So nothing, I don't think anything was ever in his plans to do. You know, I don't look at any of them. Clearly, in terms of wealth, it's it's Ricky at the top, Steve, then Carl. But Then me. Then me, like, underneath there. Then me. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm I'm below you because I, I paid out miles, um, I think, something like £52 each. And it's still resting in Mars account. It's so. still resting in my account. <laughs> takeaway pizza <laughs> I, it's just I, like and i i this, this company they i won't name them because they might be a sponsor one day um they, they do they offer you know you buy the pizza and they give you a, a, another pizza for like 4.99 it's in two huge pizzas and, it, and and then i don't eat them all at once but the thing yeah. is what 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 happens is the money that you would have spent on a night out or like just going down the pub with a few mates or whatever if you're lucky enough to have a few I, mates i was gonna say I, <laughs> yeah. but you, you you end up spending on like a delivery or an uber eats because that's yeah. what i did on saturday i was like my girlfriend's away and i was like ah sod this i'm gonna get a, yeah. gonna get a bottle of red wine watch bowie and have an indian you know, and, and Mars also came, uh, and he I, came round and he cooked for me. Oh uh, yeah, and he, Mars won't remind me 
won't mind me revealing this, but he told me like he'd had a couple of glasses of red wine. I am gonna say it. if you want to cut it out, cut it out. Red but it's usually, and he said, uh, oh yeah, I um I got onto that wine company. Uh, what are they called again? So Landau. Landau. Landau wine, which is mentioned on the Ricky Gervais show, and uh, he, he said. Uh, yeah, I, I emailed them and I was like, I was asking them to be a sponsor of the show. That's <laughs> if they would never. That's funny. I just that's a very sweet thing. But um, but imagine yeah. Imagine if they did though. Imagine if we got free yeah, wine, wine and money. Free oh, money. I, well, free wines. <laughs> and then the money. Um, yeah, it'll be it would be quite um, it would be quite something. But as yet unsponsored, the detrust. If you're listening. Uh, Papa John? Yeah, no, it's not. It's Domino's, actually. Oh, yeah, but we right. oh, oh, yeah, they'll get so much publicity. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I've been ordering a lot too many pizzas. But anyway, that's a kind of that's kind of like a simple. That's a kind of active social life that Gary Forrestal leads in his one-bedroom flat alone, crying. Well, it's an inactive social life. Before, before we move on to the top quotes and XFM in the community where we hear your feedback... I think a lot of people will this this episode is notable for its uh, origin of monkey news. Yeah. Monkey now, news? Uh, now, as I made the point last week and, and you sort of you didn't realize back then, but that the or the ver- the absolute genesis of monkey news was last week where the hairy boy raised by monkeys. That's why it's only because Carl did that story then that he's like this week. Oh, I've got another story about a monkey, Steve, you know, so it's. It's like the the last week was the first. This is the first one that you could call a monkey news. Uh, and then next week is the first one where they use the term. Do you want to do the jingle? Yeah, well. Oh, what? chimpanzee, that monkey news. Yeah. Monkey news. I like when Ricky does the, the jingle for, oh, have you got one for Rockbusters? And, and Ricky goes, yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be something like. Oh, rockbusters! <laughs> Just exactly the same <laughs> as the monkey news one. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's first monkey news, and uh, actually the well, the only one of the only ones that has a large element of truth to it, because that is quite a famous story of Oliver the chimpanzee. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that it's it's quite. I mean, it's not well known in the same way that you know. The moon landing. It's what it's what. Yeah, it's not like Kylie Minogue, but um. It's it's like uh, it's a true story. Yeah, it's pretty much true that Carl does it. There's a in the anecdote that he says he goes um yeah but you can't really get that close to apes and then Gervais just goes yeah but what do you mean like he didn't get the joke yeah he's talk he's talking about oh you, you physically can't get that close to apes yeah I think so I'm not sure actually no that's that's what it means it means you can't physically get that close to apes where he's talking about in in terms of evolution you can't yeah. get that. No, no, no. I he he's talking about because they're aggressive. That's what he's talking about. I'm sh- I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Oh, so yeah, you're making. Them... Yeah, I think so. But I mean, it, yeah, it's it's an interesting story, a really interesting story about a monkey, and that that's kind <laughs> of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think it's in. Yeah, it's an interesting. Do you know what? And Ricky makes this point with other. Um, when Carl does uh, educating Ricky, he's like. He's like, Carl's like, do you find that more interesting? He's like, well, Ricky goes, well, simply because I know it's true, it's more interesting. Simply because it's, I know it's true. So because I know this story is true. Yeah, it's interesting that a, a chimp was taken home. And then kind of, it's just interesting anthropologically that a chimp kind of takes on those human characteristics when taken out of its environment. 
and it and has that level of intelligence to kind of do things like practically that we would consider human traits human activity so i think it's quite an interesting story. now don't get me wrong a monkey driving to spain in a car is very funny like i find that funnier but i find this one more interesting me me and my girlfriend we've got um god this has been a very girlfriend you know centric you wanna, episode wanna, isn't it do you want to get a room with her or something <laughs> well we do we've got well, one do. room what next um got, no, now no, mars has got a toilet as well that he's <laughs> that's true enough we've got we've got a relationship that is solely based on a, a social relationship that is solely based on sending each other videos of cats and other domesticated pets the odd the odd fox you know thrown in there we've got a family of foxes actually that Lots just like nest nest outside our flat they love i love foxes um they're, they're, then, they're very aggressive like so never approach fox there's okay. a video where like some kids they try and like just pet a fox and it will it will bite you but i agree they are nice animals but well, yeah that's what i mean you just ruin the majesty of the animal just out Sorry. of your cheap anecdote but I, I um ru- i ruined mars's anecdote by saying <laughs> no 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 but it's like foxes. so but some within the you know cats and dogs i'll throw in the odd monkey one but she she finds monkeys a bit weird and a bit creepy. And I kind of do too, because they are so human, aren't they? We do evolve from monkeys, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Weird, isn't it? Yeah, this is um, Anthropological Hour with Mars Purnell. This is a new show he's going to start. This is like... It's weird, like the way they they turn and touch and feel and... Oh, it's just... It's creepy, man. I would genuinely like to kind of work at a zoo... So befriend the monkey i would i would i i would because they are so yeah i'd say they're, they're very very intelligent they're kind of like if if you get a child like a human child yeah up to the age of about three they're kind of like but they always stay at that age like, yeah but they they they're more they grow up physically it's kind they of do. like they do kids they do that but they they're so, they're so you know this they they hug they not no yeah. animals hug they have sex for pleasure gary's looking annoyed i'd get <laughs> that one in early um but they 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 only dolphins and chimpanzees do that so it's they're very advanced and yeah i know what you mean creepy because a cat or a dog is so clearly an animal it's so it's so it's so divested from us it's so different yeah. You know that you can look at it and be, and it be cute. There, there is a there is a known effect in computers, and actually, when you're making a face of someone or something, I can't remember what it's called. If you, if listener knows this, please uh, get in touch with us and let us know. But um, where something looks cute, like if you put eyes on something, like it could be a teacup or anything, or or That's an animal, or, or a, like if you've got a computer generated face that that looks a bit cartoonish, yeah. it's cute gets cuter and cuter as it gets more human then it passes a point where it's starting to look so human but not be human uncanny it, yeah there's un, yeah it's uncanny valley is i think the fact uh, the uncanny it's valley true, yeah 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 so i it's, learned about that in my degree mate but i guess i guess that's kind of partly why um you find and other people might find chimps a bit more not not as cute as I, I think that? fine. I, I like I like them. Like no, I do I do like them. I watched the the primate series on BBC. 
Uh, but I yeah. don't want to get bogged down in. Um, we've got a lot to get through. Should yeah. we do some fat? Let's do some favourite quotes. My, my husband and girlfriend's favourite quotes. Just one thing I wanted to say. Oh, this kind Go of on. does count as a quote. No, no, no. It is a favourite quote, but it's not. It's not a favourite quote. But I've just no. I just noticed this this week. The amount of times that Steve's someone will start an anecdote, Ricky or Carl, usually Carl, and Steve uses the phrase "troubles brewing." so many yeah. times like, yeah. it's like his comfort blanket is shattered. okay so let's do um, favorite so quotes. first one yeah so not in a particular order we'll do five or six each i think that's a good number yeah. uh, just in case anyone else is doing that no sorry just in case anyone is doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs> what masturbating over carl hurkinson yeah but... okay um suzanne says do you love me i'll go yeah you're all right i love again ricky has a great like again not a lot of people would have thought this like Steve would never have said this. It's a great thing to say. It's just funny. Like Ricky's, he, I know that's true. I know that's yeah, true. Exactly. I can totally imagine him having seen them interact. He he absolutely will know that that's true. So that that yeah, that's a great kind of double quote. I like. I, I, okay, I'll go with it. This is my favourite. This is one we use over and over. We've already used it on the show, but very little preparation. Yeah, it's, very it's, very just, it's just the way he says it. We've done it before, but of course, uh, twenty pence. 20 pence that was going to be my next oh, one um, a guy on the tube did it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and this this just goes double with this no he didn't think you were funny either again yeah, that's great steve, great steve line mad world though isn't it yeah mad world though isn't it? <laughs> it's just that was his only line of defense to that whole yeah. chat about no, yeah i love yeah he does that a few times just like <laughs> mad world yeah and plays a song Sorry. it's big but there's nothing there yeah space yeah um few congress tarts he mentions congress tarts and also pikelets in uh in, in the podcast and he also talks about chips and gravy which everyone finds really mental like but that's a classic northern dish isn't it yeah what do you mean he talks about it, people find it mental Who no i think i think gervais at one point goes like I, I, he says i couldn't find it in london like people in london find it really weird that you want chips and gravy yeah, it's a bit. It's kind of a. It's it, again. We won't get stereotyped north. So, but yeah, in in parts of the north of England, it is because if you're in America, you wouldn't even know like chips. Chips and gravy would be like that's like crisps, and the gravy they have is totally different to mm. gravy. This is like this is like gravy you'd pour on a roast dinner. If, if you yeah. <laughs> but in the north of England, you 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 have cri- uh, chips, which are fries, with gravy a lot. But in the south, not so much. But I don't know. He, he mentions it, but I think that's OK. This is my last one. And again, I just love that they stopped talking about this like a minute before. Like everyone had stopped talking. Steve's moved on. Carl's moved on. But Ricky's just a, he goes, he had a big book then. He had a big book. <laughs> he just keeps and he keeps saying little stupid. Like, like, I'll often skip the purple uh, chat. No, but that. I, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you, although I. I probably sounds like you find it less funny than I do. I think there's some value in it, but it's not the best chat. Best thing about the best thing about it is Ricky. Like it's like it's like the uh, Only Fools and Horses little car. He just keeps going, even though everyone else has moved on. Um, so go on, maybe do your last one or two. I've got two, so it's London shit, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like that. My last one is um. Take a Polaroid. Reg, Reg, take a Polaroid. They always use the word, they always use the name Reg when they're doing an anecdote because Reg, you didn't do that, freaking me. Yeah, do they? I'm just trying to think. They yeah, okay, so they do it. They do it. Look at my bloody hands, Reg. Reg, yeah. That, that, yeah. Well, it's that, it's that classic kind of, 
My granddad was called Reg. I guess that's why I find it strange. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Reginald, it's a great name. Yeah, Reginald, yeah. Hang on, is that the poet? They're both poets. I uh, know, my other granddad. Oh, yeah. Mars yeah. is multicultural. Multicultural. <laughs> and Tito's been sponsors multiculturalist. I'm a pre-Brexit family. <laughs> that that family, your whole family, would not have met and got together today if it, if it was Yeah, maybe case. not. So that was our favourite quotes. Do let us know your favourite quotes um, on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> but now, speaking of Twitter and Instagram, we are going to do the feature, which was my favourite. I think Mars' favourite as well. I, I, I love doing this. Most of the quotes that are read out, I haven't read before, so I'm hearing them for the first time. We, we read out your feedback basically, and. Um, yeah, XFM, XFM in the community. Yeah, there's a, a specific question we put out um, this week, which um, Mars and I thought about, and then we put it out. So there's a few of them that I've seen, and I'll read some out. But in general, I haven't um, seen or heard these comments. So I think Mars is gonna Mars is gonna start. Yeah. So we've had we've had some uh, a few new listeners. Uh, so welcome to the gang. This okay. is from STPH. Chaps, I've just started your pod with the Dickie Anders episode. Brilliant work. Thank you. I'm now going to listen to your pod the way I did the original XFM shows. I love The Office and then listen to the first podcasts. I think through Guardian Unlimited. Then after listening to them, I discovered an XFM compilation online somewhere. I then burned every episode I could find onto CD. I love that. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you, SDTP. Is that, was that right? SDPH. STPH, thank you very much. Glad that you're listening now, and um, yeah, hope hope that you enjoy it. To episode one, <laughs> maybe a bit shoddy, <laughs> but, uh, as if this isn't. But yeah, I, uh, thanks for your comment, and uh, yeah, glad to have you listening. This one's from Ellen Wright. I wanted to open with that. I love your podcast. My oh. name is Ellen. I am 18, and I've been listening to the XFM show for years now. I fell into them when I was uh, when I used to listen to the animated shows to fall asleep when I was like 15. From there, I was recommended Monkey News and Rockbuster compilations. I am so interested by the fact that this small show from almost 20 years ago has such a dedicated following. Since being in lockdown, I have been trying to cheer my mum up by randomly giving her rockbusters throughout the day. It has honestly helped me to help her with the stress of the situation. She nearly died when I told her the Shaka Khan one. Mad how something dumb from 20 years ago is still bringing people joy. I think you're... I think Ellen, you're our, our youngest listener. Well, potentially, we don't know. But uh, just can I just say um, thank you, Ellen. That's a lovely, um, a lovely email, and uh, really appreciate your your kind comments. Really hope that you enjoy the show as you start to listen to more episodes that we've done in the past. Yeah, it's it's, an in- it's interesting. I think we talked last week about this that the 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 demographic of a listener that we imagined at the beginning isn't necessarily the demographic that we're getting so we thought they'd be roughly around our age but it's great I think the people that younger are listening to the shows people who are older are listening I think as well although we haven't heard from them but I assume that they are but it's lovely that to know that it's touched like a new generation and it, and it's and it's great that it's cheered your mum up as well i, I yeah, thanks so much, Ellen, and uh, yeah, I hope you keep listening. I love that Rockbusters now become like the at-home entertainment. <laughs> yeah. We did put out a call out on social media for uh, your best Steve moments because sometimes 
he can get overlooked by the general public because, you know, Carl is so interesting as a character. You know, he's got great stories. The reason I wanted to put it out in particular was it's not just necessarily that Steve is overlooked, but it's much when you think of the show, like we're always thinking about Carl's best moments with good reason. We're always doing that because it's it's interesting and it's funny and they're brilliant moments. And we're always quoting Ricky. And again, good reason. He's a very quotable guy. But I think it's harder to pinpoint Steve's contributions to the show, even though they are huge and enormous, in my opinion. I think they're massive contributions because I think it's very easy if you if you just in most simplistic terms, it's easy to identify Carl's role. Carl is the protagonist of the show. Absolutely, 100%. It's about him. Everything's geared towards his reaction to something. Even when he's not in, it's how how would Carl would have reacted. It's all the story about Carl, Carl's life. He's the protagonist. Ricky is absolutely the antagonist. In this, not in the sense of he's disliked by the audience, but he antagonises Carl. He's absolutely the antagonist. That's his role. It's harder to pinpoint what Steve's role is. It's harder to just say if I said what's Steve's role because it's very fluid and I think it changes. It goes from one thing to the other. I think that makes him an interesting character. So in general, we don't think of to ourselves, oh, what are Steve's best moments, what Steve's best quotes. But you know, that's why I wanted to put it out this week and we've had quite a bit of feedback. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's go through some of it. So this is from Alex Shaw. And he says, a Steve trying to haggle for a laptop, which, you know, that is, I love that moment. Steve trying to, <laughs> trying to haggle for a laptop. The carrot case is free anyway. I said, I'll take it. I said, I'll take it. Yeah, I've often quoted that. I love it. Uh, Wernham Blog, thanks for thanks for listening, um, says Steve was often the more edgy of the three, referring to women that made a complaint being a bigger person than Carl, um, headwise. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's again, it's a very naughty Steve moment, that. Um, and blurring and uh, blurting out that the reason Chris Moore's show isn't on anymore is because it turned out he was too fat and talentless. I think that, yeah, there are times when Steve's more blunt than Ricky and Carl, but I think in general, again, it's kind of easier to, it's easier to, like, if, if we just read you some quotes and said who said them out of the show, it'd be very, it'd be much easier to identify, right, that's absolutely Carl, that's absolutely Ricky. Steve, it could be, you know, Steve could fit into either camp, so, yeah, do you know what I mean by that, Mark? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, and then we've got um, KT Pepper, the world record for using the word arbitrary, holding a balloon and people arranging to meet back at him as a landmark. Absolutely brilliant. He actually put something on, or someone put something on um, Twitter, which made me laugh. I didn't see it, but you told me about it. Yeah, someone Steve, had done, there was, was a picture Steve, of, um, it was uniting two of the biggest passions at the D-Chart Spinners, which is Ricky, Steve and Carl. And, and uh, Oasis. So it was a picture basically, of uh, basically Steve had circled himself in the crowd of uh, the 1995 or seven four. four sorry, uh, Gary knows everything about Oasis, and uh, and someone had drew a little balloon. <laughs> yeah, but so but no. What was funny is because Steve, like I think the BBC posted saying like Steve Merchant is this you? I think they'd circled it because. It's just this huge crowd. There's like 90,000 people. There's no way any human being on Earth could be identified except people that, except freaks. Like, and I don't, I don't know. 
terrible. But except people who are so freakishly tall. And Steve was just there, and you can just see him above the crowd. And and Steve replied, "Yes, it's me," or something. And he got lots of likes for that. That was but about then, the Bowie. That was about the Bowie gig in two thousand. Yeah, that that. Oh, okay. That's that's funny anyway. But then someone drew a little balloon. But can you can imagine like someone in the crowd meeting back up at Steve because he's the only <laughs> thing you can see that's, that's constant. Aww. Um, go on, what's the next one? Well, this one's from Owen O'Sullivan, and he says, 3.45 for fa- five hamburgers, Steve. It's good, isn't it? It's good value. I, lo- I love, that is such a subtle, that's great when he's having that interview at McDonald's where he's trying to get burgers so that they can um, do the world record-breaking attempt. But that is such that is such a Steve thing to good say. Good value, isn't it? Good value, good, good value. value isn't it? Good value. It's like he's in a queue still paying for the hamburgers <laughs> at times. So it's kind of like, it's just, yeah, that's that's a great I Steve. I love that, I love that. It goes to the bottom of his soul of being like, oh, yeah, it's good value. Like, because he probably did, probably did think, is, yeah, good value. That is actually good value. You wouldn't get that now. at that time, you know. Now it wouldn't cost you. It would cost you way more now. Um, I don't know how much it would cost, but I know Domino's Pizza. <laughs> um, so next, and this is I'm, my screen slightly boxed here, so I'm going to try and read this. This is Cufflink Master Extraordinaire. The show would definitely not be anywhere near as good without Steve. Um, his anecdotes, while few, are always great and well said. Well, sorry, well told. He off he often sets up a lot of the comedy beautifully. Uh, yeah, very good comment. I, th- I think. I mean, some people disagree, but I totally agree with you that Steve, the Ricky and Carl show just wouldn't be the same at all without Steve. He plays an important role. It's just harder to pin down. But yeah, his anecdotes. And I've I've always said about Steve that he tells the best anecdote about his past. Like out of all of them, like Carl has the most interesting stories because they're so weird. Horse in house, you know, who can be that? But Steve tells it better than Ricky tells a story about his past. And better than Carl does, and better than most people I've ever heard. Just the way, and there's a couple of beautiful ones on the podcasts as well that they do. But he's very, very, very good at telling a story. He's a natural storyteller, definitely. Well, he's natural. He's natural storyteller when it's relaying something that happened to him. He's very good at that. Not he's also quite a. He's also quite a sort of self-deprecating soul, like naturally he'll always go to the way he looks or like trouble with ladies but again and think of think of what he lets ricky say to him like that's, that's lanky pissing streak now that's absolutely based on reality so it's like because he, he is so you know and he is so thin you know so he's but you know so he steve's got a very good sense of humor he, he allows a lot of comedy where he's the he's the um butt of it but the interesting thing is there's a dynamic in the show where cold then like in the early shows before Carl, Steve's the butt of the jokes, but then Carl comes along and Carl's the butt of the jokes. But there's sometimes it shifts around and Carl, and they talk about it, Carl steps above himself and he he puts Steve down. And then Ricky puts Steve down before putting Carl down sometimes. So Steve's role kind of shifts around. Yeah. It's not solid. So, uh, yeah, this one's from Craig and he says, just things like his reaction to Carl's rough areas on the boat was incredulous. Don't go starboard. Yeah, I've heard they're, they're rough in there. He says he always sounded more willing to engage with Carl as a kind of voice of reason. So it would be funnier when even when Steve would give up. Yeah, I think he definitely engages with Carl on a more sometimes sympathetic level than Ricky. But then there are times when Carl, when then Steve actually takes the piss out of Ricky 
harder than sorry takes the piss out of Carl harder than Ricky would and again like I said it's interesting I like I really like the little mo- these are little moments they're not funny but they're just I really like when um Carl says something like you know um yeah I think just the artists and uh there, there are times there is a time when Steve he, he antagonizes him but it's just he, he says something like yeah I don't know what do you think Steve and uh, there's another time where he says, um, "Yeah, so what do you think, Steve? Should we do Rockbusters?" Or and he's just, it's it's just nice. Yeah. It's like because it's nice to see those two bickering. He's acknowledged, yeah. Actually, yeah, they're they're kind of he's he's properly he's properly kind of involving him in and making him feel special. And they they kind of do that to each other. They're either really antagonistic towards each other or really kind of um, brotherly. Ryan, I thought it said Ryan Foot. <laughs> <laughs> It's Ryan Fote. Sorry, Ryan. I wasn't taking. I, I just. I can't. I, it's a very small text. So Ryan Fote says, "I'm not made of money, Rick." And people and finding people's names <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not made of money, Rick. He is made of money. Yeah, Dave Suckling and. Um, well, it's mainly Ricky that finds the names hilarious. Sort of Steve just says them out. No, there was the the Gerald Preston thing. Yeah, Steve picks it out because he thinks it's funny, but Ricky obviously goes explodes with laughter because of yeah. Him. But um, so next one, Daniel says, when Carl was talking about crying at the elephant man, Ricky, give him a bun and he forgets it. Steve, he never forgets Rick. Yeah, there's so many. That's that's a big favourite. I had that a few times. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? More people said that? Yeah. Yeah. Again, Steve has really excellent lines, but they're. There are fewer of them than Ricky's, but his, li- his lines are great. I mean, we had some in the show today. There was a couple of um, Steve lines. I can't remember what they were, but I mentioned them at the time and just said that they're great Steve lines. And most shows we do, when we do our top quotes, I always have a Steve line in there. I don't deliberately put it the Steve line in there. I'm kind of I'm putting yeah. the Steve line in there because it, I genuinely find it funny. One or two more, I think. Yeah. So this one's from uh, Tao, and Tao says, uh, "Stephen receiving hate mail, merchant." And when he was reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance to impress a girl, or really any time he tried to impress a girl, which yeah. Zen and the Motorcycle um, Maintenance that has nothing to do with motorcycle maintenance. I I checked it out. No, no, it's a very. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Psychology and no, it's it's yeah, it's a philosophical kind of work, isn't it? I haven't read it. I don't know, but it's it's. What do next? What do next? You so we had Nick Chester said according to the laws of the sea, which is an is very good, yeah. And then we've got the last one. This is from uh, Pat's mouth, and it says Ricky to Carl, don't say crappy or I'll start saying shit and cock and stuff, and then Steve goes tits tits yeah yeah so thanks for your feedback on that i i you um you responded in your you responded in your does no More not even dozens it's not even dozens like you responded in your singles we don't have a go no i'm having a go myself mate um no uh thanks so much for responding we, we did get a good response to that we try and kind of Mars says this to me. This is Mars system, so I'm completely saying. This is, <laughs> this, no, 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 no. This is I'm saying Mars understands these things when better days to do this than I do because he knows about social media and things. But we try and put stuff out on a Sunday, so we'll come up with a little topic and a, a few rockbusters. But yeah, we we really appreciate your feedback. So thank you very very much. And now, do get in touch with us at the usual ways, which is on Twitter at trout underscore de or on email which we always love getting your emails you know if you want to sort of say something personal to us or whatever so you, you can do that at trout.de 
um, email. I will um, I will accept all requests. He will, he will, he will. I always, well, I'll pass them on because you don't read them, but... Well, I don't want to read them, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't read them because I get weird. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. Anyway, but, yeah. uh, so you can email us trout.de at gmail.com. And you can follow me at, uh, on Instagram at duchess underscore panel. I'm actually, I've actually put in some effort this week. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this feature. I don't need to scrabble across my room to find my iPod to scroll through and randomly select <laughs> to stop on at the time. I thought about one. So well, that's yeah, I, the fe- sorry, the fe- just to say, yeah, the feature is, and Mars is just about to say it. So this is called uh, the D Trout Spinners Library. Everyone knows, you know, the XFM library. It's a bit shit. So we thought we get some books in there as well because it's a library. We should get some books. Yeah, no, we don't want books. People don't read these days, though. But this is a Spotify playlist that we curate every single week. Gary and I select uh, a song each and then we plug it into our Spotify playlist, which you can uh, listen uh, in the link to the in the description. And these can, these songs can often be, you know, they can even be sentimental songs or things that we've been inspired by by um the show, or they could just be quite a bit more flippant. Yeah, whatever, whatever takes your fancy. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. We're free and easy here at the D Trout right, Spinners. Well, this week I thought about because Oasis is very sentimental to me, so I often think. No, I'm not. I'm not picking Oasis song, so because that reminds me of a good time in my childhood, things like that. But there's a, a band who I completely never think about ever. But they are they have one of the most sentimental kind of albums for me. And it's the Kooks. Because when I moved to Brighton oh. in 2005, it's like the best year, it's the best year of my life. And the Kooks were big then. Like So I don't remember other bands from that time or bands from 2006, 7, 8 or 4, 3, 2 particularly very much. But the Kooks were big and it was always on. It's always on in clubs and bars and things. And it just reminds me of that happy time. So it's a bit... You know, the kooks, people take the piss out of the kooks because they say they're not, they're manufactured. Probably they are, I don't know, I've no idea. But and I, I certainly haven't bought any of their albums. So I'm not recommending the kooks as a, as a, as a particularly good music don't choice. Don't defend yourself, don't defend yourself. What's your song? The song I'm going to pick is, I think, their biggest hit, She Moves in Her Own Way. Yeah, I love it. I used to listen to, uh, I used to listen to, Do You Want to Go to the Seaside? You know, yeah. say that. But, but imagine, imagine that song being huge. In fact, that a few months before that, you you had literally moved to the seaside. I know, I, I know. On the seaside, it's just uh, yeah, it's, it's perfect. No, I love that. It's so you know, it's very evocative, and and it's a lovely song. I can't remember. You know the words. Everything. I'm gonna pick um. Aretha Franklin, you make me feel like a natural woman. For whatever reason, I was uh, I was on YouTube as as you do, and I was looking at old clips that I like to uh, re-listen to and rewatch. And uh, she was performing this at some sort of event, uh, some sort of ceremony, and Carol King was in the audience. I think it was a. Uh, was it, was, it, was it someone's funeral? I can't remember, but uh, uh, basically Barack Obama and Michelle uh, Obama, they were in the um, they were in the audience, and also Carol King was there with George Lucas. And you know, Barack Obama was sort of shedding a tear as Aretha Franklin singing a rendition of "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman," a Carol King song, but given it her unique twist, and she was really, you know. You know, she sadly passed away now, but um, really just so beautiful. Just a woman at the peak of her, just such a powerful, influential figure. And this Motown icon just singing the song. And just it reminds you of a time when you had a president of the United States that, you know, had some fucking taste. 
I, I think that's a funeral or a remembrance service for someone. I can't remember who, but it's um, she, she didn't, she almost didn't have a voice. It was like more of a, she was, it was like a message. I don't know is the best way to describe it, but it's like another instrument, like yeah. a voice so powerful. She could so sing anything. She really like, could. She like, was incredible. She made me feel like a natural woman. Probably she isn't the most emotional song, but it's hearing her sing it, in her well, it's, it's, it's you know the, the whole meaning the sentiment behind the song is like you know it's 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 meant to be sang to a man isn't it you know it's uh yeah of course. but um i think well no my, my point is not to criticize the song or anything like that i'm just saying that you know the fact that obama cried yeah i love it probably like probably and again yeah he did cry a few times it's probably more to do with the fact of her powerful voice and maybe it's a song between them and michelle but yeah incredible incredible singer and I you know I admit I don't I don't listen to that much of her but whenever I hear her she's she's amazing so good choice mate mine is we made two good choices this week it's the first week we both like did some songs that mean something to us like you usually do but I just quickly (laughs) find one so yeah it was um but actually if you've got any um suggestions for us to put in the library what I think we should do is do one of ours one of one of mine one of yours and one if, of the listeners and, and one of the listeners so why not listeners get in touch let us know hash do hashtag um <laughs> the trout spinners library <laughs> did that all in one hashtag. i love i love the other tender to know what that I even don't understand. <laughs> i don't understand but anyway yeah, that, that is it for today thank you for listening. really appreciate your comments and emails please do get in touch next week and this will probably go out on friday so we will see you the following Friday with another show. Yeah, and then it will be, you know, maybe in the pub or maybe not. Not next week. We'll no. see it what happens. It won't be next week. But in, in July, we're, we're planning to start <laughs> very slowly start doing live shows again. But not for, that won't be for three or probably at least three weeks. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Goodbye. Um, see you next week.